Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 208 of the Motorcycle Men podcast and another interview episode for your listening pleasure. Hey, the Motorcycle Men podcast is brought to you by Tobacco Motorwear for the best American Kevlar line selvage riding jeans. There's shirts, jackets, graphic tees, and accessories. You go to Tobacco Motorwear at TobaccoMotorwear.com. There is a special link just for Motorcycle Men listeners who want to order from Tobacco Motorwear in the show notes and on the Motorcycle Men website homepage. Or you can give them a call at 747-666-5741 and you tell Dave and the crew that the Motorcycle Men sent you. And make sure you use that coupon code MOTOMEN when ordering. Scorpion Helmets. Uh, For the past 15 years, Scorpion EXO has been dedicated to offering high-quality, innovative motorcycle helmets and technical apparel at an incredible value. So make sure you order from them. And to learn more, you go to scorpionusa.com and you let them know that the Motorcycle Men sent you. Okay, Shinko Tires. Whether if you're riding a sport bike, scooter, off-road, dual sport, or a cruiser, Shinko has the tire to suit your needs and riding style without breaking your bank account. So if it's time for tires for your bike, think Shinko. Go to shinkotireusa.com and tell them the Motorcycle Men sent you. The Motorcycle Men Podcast is supporting David's Dream and Belief Cancer Foundation. If you'd like to help out and be a part of something that actually makes a difference, donate today to David's Dream and Belief Cancer Foundation. Go to davidsdreamandbelief.org to donate. Links will also be in the show notes. Now, did you ever have that desire to just hang it all up and just live off your motorcycle? I bet you did. I know I have. You want to just take only the necessary things you might need to get you by day to day and then hit the road, travel around the country. Well, my guest here tonight is living your fantasy. All right. Good evening, everyone. And welcome to the Motorcycle Man podcast. Joining me all the way from a tiny little town of Turner, Oregon, all the way from the left coast, we welcome Z Traveler. Z, welcome hey everyone! To the, welcome to the show. I'm glad to kind <laughs> yeah, of have glad you. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, um, wow. How's things on the West Coast there? Ah, oh, no, pretty good. The weather's been fantastic lately. Good. Uh, and so the what, ride's always great. Why don't you tell us briefly about who you are and what you do? So I'm Z Traveler, and that yes, that is my legal name. Really? Been... Is that that's your legal yeah. name? <laughs> yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> Cool. Uh, I've been traveling for three years, come up August 5th. I left my home state of Oklahoma and decided to hit the road, fell in love with it, and just never really stopped. Um, I guess I kind of pride myself in being a vagabond, you know, quote unquote, or a nomad. You know, make enough money to keep myself going, and I like to do the social media stuffs and inspire people to live their dreams and teach them how, you know, my money-saving tips and tricks and all that, and no, I just love it. I love seeing nature. I love riding and meeting people. It's just so humbling and can't be beat. I bet. Well, yeah. I'm, <laughs> you don't have to report that a corporate nine to five crap like everybody else does. <laughs> I do my nine to five time, but it's typically like one work month will get me two months on the road or so. Oh, I get you. I get you. I get you. So, what inspired you to vagabond your way around the nation? Well, I have a really bad family situation and, uh, when I was 24, so three years ago, I 
my family obligations were met and done and no, nothing more could be done for my family. So I cut loose and left. I knew I didn't want to be in Oklahoma, but I'd never really traveled. I'd only been out of state four times before that. Mm-hmm. Two by two, two times by car and two times by plane. I never actually rode myself out of state right. or been a whole lot of places. So uh, I knew I didn't want to be in Oklahoma, but I didn't know where else to go because I didn't have any experience. So I just decided that I'd go off for a one-month trip to find somewhere to move. And then, uh, yeah, no, I didn't. That, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> wow. So now, was, was the motorcycle your first choice? Oh, yeah. I hate driving. Hate being in the car. I, so I, I took the, Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate driving, but I could ride all the time. So I left in my, at the time, I had a victory cross country. I had wrecked in 15 and went to buy a bike that was touring capable and ended up in the victory. And then I left in 16, about a year after I bought it. You had so you had a Victory uh, touring bike. Yeah, it was a Victory Cross Country, the eighteen hundred CC. Yeah, two thousand ten. Wow, yeah. really? No kidding. I, yeah. I, you're the first person I've ever heard that had one of those. Ah, uh, me. I mean, I got a friend named AJ who had one too. He, he put one hundred two thousand miles on his before he got T bone, and I only had like seventy two, and I traded in for a smaller bike. Okay, so what do you ride now? Um, so I went from the Victory to the Honda CB 500X. I was on that one for two years, and now I'm on a 1991 Suzuki DR350. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So you went from... <laughs> I made a really big turn there. So you made, you're talking from, from 2015 you went from, right? That's what you said? Uh, 2015, what'd you say? Yeah, I think I thought you said you went from a 2015 Honda back to a tw- 1990 what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So 2010 Victory Cross Country, and then a 2013 Honda CB500X, and then a 1991 Suzuki DR350. You kind of went backwards there, didn't you? I did. I did. Was I went up, and then I went down, because I started on a like little Honda Shadow oh, okay. 600. All right, so so that's what you're riding now, this 91, huh? Uh-huh. How's that treating you? Oh, um, I made a mistake with the bike, and then the owner before me messed it up. But besides, you know, those errors, I mean, I love the bike. I love handling. I love the way it handles. You know, so long as I keep it around 60, 65, it's a great bike. It's a Kickstart only model, so that's that's a new oh for me. God. But it's one of the, I know it's one of the easiest Kickstart models I've ever seen or heard of for being the 350s. Wow. Why? So why did you choose that one? Or is that what was on Craigslist, real cheap? Well, I, I got in a wreck. In December last year, um, I low sided, and while I was down, someone ran over my legs and someone ran over my bike. And I had put oh. 41,000 miles in that Honda uh, in the two years that I owned it. I, I didn't quite have it the full two years, about a month under. So I put 41,000 miles on it. It was a great bike, but I hated the way it handled off road. Oh, really? The suspension's real soft, and um, I was always bottoming out, and it was, it's just heavy. I mean, even for it's a 470 pound bike plus all the gear I had on it. So, you know, 550, 580. And I just, you know, I wanted to be able to do off-road. I want to go to South America on my next bike. So I picked up the DR350 because it's one of the only dual sports with six gears. Hmm. Okay. So most the DRZs are for uh, five gears. And I didn't, I didn't want a 650. I wanted something smaller than the 600s. You know, the yeah. XR650, the DR650, KLR650. I wanted something smaller. So there's not a lot in that mid-range, the 250-350 range that um, had that sixth gear, which is quite needed for doing North America, too. Yeah. But so you did a boatload of riding with just this bike. The DR? Yeah. Um, I think I've only put about six thousand miles on it. But okay. I bought it I bought it I wrecked December twelfth and I had a flight to Seattle December thirteenth and my legs were the size of tree stumps because a car ran over both of them while I was rolling across the road. Oh my god. 
So I, I, I didn't tell you though, if you, if you fly and you get the, hand, the, the wheelchair service, oh man, you get to like breeze right through security. It's so great. <laughs> well, that's not <laughs> that's the, the way you want to do it though. Situation. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. And so uh, I got up to Seattle and I was looking for a bike and I couldn't find anything in the San Jose area, which is where I'd been staying for a while, but I found something in Seattle and I was like, you know what? fuck it i'm gonna go ahead and buy the bike here and ride it down in december from seattle to san jose with yeah. no bike gear a uh, kickstart that I, I with messed up legs but i made it down it took me three days split up but uh, how now how long were you out of commission because of your legs i wasn't um oh, you wasn't? The wreck. really so I, I yeah i walked out of the er the day of the wreck no phone no bike um big it was it was quite the struggle to figure out what to do from there i had to get to the they gave me a taxi to get to the house I, and i got on my laptop and started messaging people on facebook and then i flew out you know had a friend come pick me up and then i got you know i got a phone while i was in seattle got the bike got it down there and uh now i walked for five months it took me almost five months from the the wreck date to have surgery and that was the only time that i've been out of commission was i was on crutches for six weeks to have my mcl reconstructed wow holy crap so my knee yeah, my, my tendon in my knee, the one closer to, so your inside tendon on my left knee, it yeah. had blown out, so my knee bent towards my other knee. Uh, that's bad, right? That's bad. No, oh, okay. Yeah, we don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Wow. I don't think the knees are supposed to bend that way. But now you're, you're, you're on the mend now, and you're, you're better, yep. yes? Oh, good. Been walking, uh, been walking three weeks. Wow, okay. And Got on the road last Friday again, decided to head up to see a friend in Oregon before I fly off to Romania on August 7th, and I'll be there for 11 weeks. Wow. Well, so let's go back a little bit. What what age did you start doing this? 24. 24. And was there any apprehension about starting out on this? No, surprisingly enough. I mean, I didn't have anything to look back at because I had a really bad life there in Oklahoma. You uh-huh. know, bad family situation, bad living situation. Just everything kept falling through with my friends. Couldn't get a relationship going. I was like, you know what? There's nothing to look back from. So I just looked forward and rode off. Well, there you go. I mean, now, how, how did your you know friends and family react to your decision? Did, they, or did anybody care? No one really cared. I mean, the couple friends I do have and I have kept since then, they did. They had no doubt that I had it in me just to keep going. I'm, I'm hard-headed and stubborn. So if I get my mindset on something, I'm going to do it. I'd never been camping before. I'd never used the gear before. Never crossed state lines. Never rode more than like five hours. So you so never all... camped before? No, I wow, was raised that by must a single woman. A, that must have been an eye-opening experience for you. Oh, I loved it. I've, I'm a I'm a natural outside person, so I just yeah. fell right into it. I mean, I made my mistakes in that first week. You know, getting hit with freezing rain and the the needle or the uh, Black Hills, and then you know getting sunburned and getting lost and taking that big. 1800cc bike down gravel and dirt sand roads but <laughs> they're all learned. learning experiences <laughs> i learned now so when you in, when you started your travels did you have destinations in mind or did you just basically just pick a direction and go um i had a direction i was heading i wanted to go see the pacific northwest yeah. um my best friend lives in seattle so i wanted to go see him and then i always wanted to see the redwoods and you know I had a couple of things i'd say that people had recommended like the black hills and the devil's tower uh, Mount Rainier, you know, just I'm a big nature person. So I just kind of picked those out. And then as I've gotten better with traveling, I just look at the map and, you know, I look for. I'm a big lakes person, lakes, re- creek, creeks, rivers, mountains, forests, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. So I just look in the map, look for the green and look for the twisty roads that'll get there and just go. Wow. OK. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, now, and a lot of people ask me because I talk to a lot of people who travel and. 
people would ask, well, how do you, how, do, how can you afford to live this kind of lifestyle? I mean, how do you fund your travels? Well, you know, and I have people ask me all the time, why don't you write an article or a book, you know, a how-to motorcycle vagabond for dummies kind of thing. And I keep telling them that I can't tell you how this is done for you. I can just tell you how I do it. Right. Because yeah. what, what I do wouldn't work for everyone. So I'm, I don't need a lot of creature comforts. Um, I'm just fine with my quilt and my hammock and a pad. I don't need I don't need a chair. I don't need AC or heater. I don't need a fan. I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm totally comfortable just chilling out. So you know I camp for free. I, I normally hit our national forests because I was always free camping there, oh, okay. BLM yeah. land. Yeah. So my first first half year on the road, I didn't know anyone, so it was all straight camping until wow. my social media picked up, and that picked up because I started a group. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. And wow. uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, I just uh, so if you don't pay to sleep, which you know, I've slept at rest stops, picnic tables off the side of the highway. I've been stuck in bad weather conditions and had to sleep in ridiculous places. But, you know, so long as you're you're flexible and you're adaptable, it's it's pretty cheap. And then your only other costs are bike insurance, gas, and food. And I can eat cheap, no problem. Bike always gets what it needs. I normally try to choose bikes with, you know, cheap parts and, you know, cheap maintenance that I can do myself. Yeah. And uh, bike insurance is cheap, too. So, I, you know, smaller bikes don't cost a lot. Oh, wow. That's, pretty, so so that's about all I have. Okay. And so, of course, you got your cell phone, too. You have to. Um, I actually cut my cell phone off last year. Uh, February last year, I cut my cell phone service off, and I was just going to Wi-Fi it. And one of my friends decided to add me to his plan because it was only going to cost him 10 bucks a month. Oh, that so was he, nice of him. Yeah, yeah very nice of him. I plan to send him a $100 gift card one of these days. Now, do you do, like, uh, you write articles or anything like that for extra cash? Or you, t- you take on, so you said earlier, you took take on some jobs every now and then. Yeah, I am. Um, so in 17, early 17, I worked in Orlando. Uh, I have a lot of warehouse and distribution experience. So I'll typically get with a staffing agency and they put you to, they'll put anyone to work, honestly. They don't care. It's The working environment is so crappy in our country these days. People don't want to actually work hard. So if you, if you can show up on time, pass yeah. a background check and a drug test, you're going to get hired. And if you even remotely work decently, they're going to want to keep you. So what do, what do you do when they ask you for an address? Um, normally I stay with a friend. Like I'll pick a friend in the city that, you know, be like, hey, can I crash your guest bedroom for a couple months um that's what i've been doing lately i'm going to be changing from that um i did that in orlando and dallas and san jose um (laughs) but i just picked up a boyfriend and he's a farm ranch kind of guy so i guess i'll be doing the live on farm ranch work from now on Uh, okay so you 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 probably submit a lot of uh address change forms to the post office nah i don't even (laughs) care about my mail So somewhere, I, I, somewhere I in America, the somewhere in America, there's a pile of mail addressed to you, just stacking up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I, I try to do most of my correspondence through email and online. But. Oh, there you go. That's good. So you spend most of your nights camping. Do you ever do any hotels? No. Uh, the only time I've ever bought a hotel was during that uh, ride after my wreck. I was in so much pain; it was so cold that I couldn't take it. And I broke down and bought a hotel. That was the first time I ever bought one. That must have been nice, though. Oh, well, I was in a lot of pain, but I was able to take my painkillers and pass out on the bed and not have to worry about waking up to anything. This is true. You know. That, so, so that was a nice part about that. I took a shower. That was great, too. You know, tent life, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, tent life is, is pretty cool. You know, I've done some uh, camping in the past, and it's, it's pretty neat because I mean, if you get a good campground. Now, when you stay at these uh, state park or national park campgrounds, do they have uh, shower facilities there? I don't stay at state or national parks. They oh, all no? cost. So, oh. so if I want, if you, so if you want to camp for free, there's a lot of resources like freecampsites.net. 
Or you just go find a national forest and find some road and you just stick to the dispersed camping rules, which yeah. they're simple, 100 feet off the road or a waterway and don't be in the way, don't make a mess. Okay, um, all right. And I'm a hammock camper. I don't, I've never had a tent. Oh, so. you're a hammock camper. How, how, does, <laughs> how does that work out? Those are pretty cool, I think. I, you're off the ground. Oh, I love it. There's no pressure points. It's great for your back. You can still side sleep. Yeah. Um, there's just as warm. They're really warm. It's really lightweight. I would never consider being on the ground if I don't have to be. And since I like water so much and I like to camp near water, normally there's trees where there's water. So yeah. everyone's like, well, well, what if you don't have trees? And I'm over here like, well, I guess I'm sleeping on the ground. Wow. So that's so <laughs> that like means... I get asked that. What if it rains? <laughs> well, now I'm wet. <laughs> well, what if you find yourself in southern Utah? <laughs> guess I'm in, I guess I'm ground camping <laughs> for yeah, a while. Right. But I, I have a system that works in the ground, too. Uh, instead of using under quilt, I use a pad. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I have a, a four-season pad that goes in the hammock. I've got a double-layered hammock, and it goes in between the layers. Okay. And then uh, an enlightened equipment quilt. It's a zero-degree quilt, and that goes on top of me. So if I don't have hammock hung up, then I can just toss the pad and the quilt in the ground. It's just the same. Wow, look at you. You got it all figured out. I only need like, a tarp if it rains and a bug net if it's buggy. Uh, okay. All right. Now, have you ever like used your bike as a form of sleeping? Oh, yeah. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah, I've done the lean-to from my bike quite a few times. Just uh, I'll sleep next to the bike without the tarp if it's not raining. If it's yeah. raining, I'll just put the tarp on the bike and then make a lean-to. Oh, wow. And how's that work out, all right? Oh, yeah, great. No, I, I'm pretty paranoid, so I always sleep next to my bike. So the closer I am to the bike, the better off I am. <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, what about? Oh, you can't steal it if I'm touching it. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, well, yeah, or you're tied to it or something. Uh, what do you do about food? Um, so I've gone to, between a lot of cooking gear. Uh, I used to carry cooking gear, but, um, so I'm pre-diabetic. My diabetes runs in my family. If I eat a lot of carbs, it causes me blood sugar crashes. Oh, so yeah. I used to carry cooking gear, but most of the stuff that I'd cook would be like flavored instant rice, you know, like the little Knorr packets or the, um, instant mashed potatoes. So it's just a bunch of like carbs. Right. So, you know, I carry the cooking, cooking wear for that. I mean, I can make stew. I can buy a can of tomato diced tomatoes and some beef jerky and toss it in there and some potatoes and make stew but i'm lazy honestly i'm really lazy so i don't only carry stuff that doesn't require cooking summer sausage cheese nuts beef jerky v8 fresh fruit okay so little granola bars that's normally about my what i do that and then uh you know if i've been riding all day and i don't feel like eating just snacks i'll stop at a one of the dollar menu places and get some i'm, I'm a big taco bell fan so <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get their little cheesy bean and rice burritos for a buck, and they'll 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 hold on the motorcycle for like three days. Oh wow! Easy. I I didn't know. Wow. I mean, it's fake food, anyways. So. <laughs> yeah. What about those uh those packaged uh meals that I I remember seeing when uh you and McGregor and Charlie Borman did that round the world thing? They had these packaged meals inside. Like, uh -huh. these. did you ever try those? Well, the, they've got Mountain House, which is the big brand that like REI and Walmart carries, and then you've got MREs. But they're expensive for the calories. They're they're between five and six, like between four and six bucks for a six six to eight hundred calorie meal, which means you need two of them in a day minimum. Oh, yeah, okay. So that ends up being very expensive. Oh, okay. You can dehydrate yourself. Uh, I, I've got friends who dehydrate. If I wanted to bother them about it, I'm pretty sure I could have them dehydrate me some vegetables and beef jerky and mail it to me. But yeah. Nah. <laughs> you ride with a camel back? No, I don't like anything in my back. I don't like being sweaty. Oh, really? Oh, wow, okay. I just I just have a couple of smart water bottles that I fill, and I've got bladders for in case I'm going to be out for a couple of days, and I got a water filter. I bet you. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. You probably have a water filter so you can get your water from streams and rivers, right? 
Yeah, I got a Sawyer, and then I've got a um, bladder that someone gave to me at a hiking convention that I was at to try out. It's called, I think it's the Vecto, V-E-C-T-O. It's a, a rubber bladder that goes with the Sawyer, but okay. it's better quality than the cheap plastic ones that come with it. All right. So I can I can use that to filter water if I if I decide to stay somewhere for a while. Now I've never done that the filtering water thing. How does that is it? How does that work? So the first time I tried that when I was in Texas doing a camp out for my group and it was dirty water and I put it in my little bladder and I hung it on a branch and I had my water bottle right underneath it and just let it do the gravity thing because I'm lazy again. <laughs> and no clear clear water and it didn't taste very good but it didn't get me sick so. It, what you, no, it didn't taste good. Did it taste like just dirty? It was a, it was like dirty lake water. So all the all the bacteria is gone from it. All the dirt's gone from it. But it still tastes like dirty lake water. Oh really? <laughs> really? Oh, so okay. I so I just carry I carry I carry one of those little bottles of like squeeze flavoring. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I see. Yeah, like the little mios or right. whatever's. Yeah. So I, I do that for the crappy. But if you're if you're filtering like fresh stream water, it tastes really good. Wow. How about some gas station water? I drink gas station all the time. Haven't been sick yet. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Let's talk about your riding a little bit. Now, uh, in 2016, you did 12,000 miles. And yeah, that was from August 5th. That was from August 5th to the end of the year, so that's quite a bit of miles. Now, so now you're riding 24, you know, 24 hours. Well, I say 24 hours a day, but 365 you're riding, right? Yeah. Every day. Now, in 2017, you did over 20,000 miles, which is impressive in itself. That was and May 23rd until uh, the end of the year. Really, from May to the end of the year, you did 20,000 miles. Uh huh. And I, even during that time, uh, you know, two weeks with a friend here, a week with a friend there, a month that I stayed at a friend's cabin. So the miles actually are done in quite a short period of time if I were to count how many days I actually did ride. Okay. And then in 2018, you only did 12K again. Yeah. And But this year, you haven't, you only got a little over uh, nothing. <laughs> you don't have yeah, a lot of miles. Yeah, pretty year. much. I'm, I think I'm like 35 now and that I'm up to Oregon. But uh, I got ran over, so six yeah, weeks well, on that, crutches. That helps. <laughs> kind of puts a crimp on, on riding. Yeah. yeah, don't get run over. That'll, that'll ruin your riding. Hey, explain and that. And I've been saving my money because I'm going to Romania this year. This that's is true. This that's going to be a little expensive. Hey, explain, you have this thing on one of your maps on your website that it's 2,527 to 6.24. What does that mean? Uh, that was to the date. Oh, to I mean, the miles date. To that date. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I should have been more clear about that map. Oh, okay. So up to that date, it was twenty five hundred twenty seven. That's. I was looking at your maps, and you've been pretty much all over the place. But you're like you're a little scarce of the Northeast, huh? <laughs> um, free camping's a little hard over there. It's pretty crowded. Um, I'm gonna be back over there. Like I might. I love the Rockies. They're my favorite in the Sierra Nevadas. Yeah. But I'm doing the East Coast next year. I'm going to knock out my last five and you're also, of the Continental 48 that I'm missing. And you're also like kind of avoiding the upper Midwest. The flat? Yeah. You know, like North Dakota, <laughs> South Dakota. What's there again? No, uh, <laughs> nothing. You know, <laughs> exactly. Nebraska. Well, <laughs> you're like Milwaukee, you know, you're going through uh, Wisconsin. The whole, you're kind of like missing that. I think you yeah, just, I'm going to go think, up and do that one. I think you need to go. I'm going to. Uh, next year... The boyfriend and I are going to be riding together. We're going to go. I think we're probably going to end up starting out from Kansas. Go to Sturgis. Um, um, I'm thinking about being near Sturgis just so some of my fans and followers can find me because a lot of people go up there. So I'm not going to go to Sturgis but be near it. Oh, come on. I don't like crowds. I don't like crowds, and I can't afford $8 beers. But it's Sturgis. But I'm poor. Well, yeah, well, who isn't? (laughs) 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 But, uh, no, I'll probably be near Sturgis. Um, and do a couple other. I'd like to do some presentations at the AMA Vintage Days 
Um, yeah, there just you go. Do, do a bunch of nar- marketing and networking because by that point I should have Eastern Europe under my belt and a lot of the U.S. so I can talk about something interesting to some people. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Hey, look, you spent some time with the misfits in Santa Cruz, huh? Ah, uh, great people down there. Great Aren't people. they? You have fun with Liza and the gang? Oh, yeah. Liza's such a great woman. I, we, we always talk, you know, Facebook yeah. moderator and admin problems because I, I run a group called Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds. It's 12,000 members. Oh, wow. I founded it in 2017, mm-hmm. February 2017. And uh, so, you know, we talk about it happened to herd cats pretty much when you're doing online stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's like trying to get trying to get cats to get along. Everyone's an individual on motorcycles, but getting them to get along it can be a problem. She she's doing a lot for the Warworth, the Women oh, yeah. Riders World Relay. Yep. She's a big part of that. Yeah, and she is. uh you know, we talk about ideas for that kind of stuff and now, did, did they help you work on your bike while you were there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Miss Emma, she's been uh, invaluable in my life to help me out. She's such an amazing woman. She's the big mechanic there. She's been doing it for forty years. So oh, she's yeah. been the one that Helped me with my DR when I had a clutch problem. And uh, currently still having a problem. I think my first gear may go out of my transmission because of that clutch locking up. But I'll crack it. Probably crack a tank face in November or whatever when I get back from Romania. You're anticipating mechanical failure at some point in the near future. Well, when you go down to a 27-year-old single-cylinder basic dirt bike, they need (laughs) a lot more love and work than the average, you know, new bike. Well, let me ask you this. Let's detour briefly. You're headed over to Romania, correct? Yeah, August 7th, October 24th, I'll be there 11 weeks. Are you bringing your bike? Oh, no. No. I met this amazing woman named Maria. She runs Motorcycle Tours on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's a 10,000 member, like 10,500, I think, right now. Hers is pretty much a sister group to my MMV, Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabond. So okay. the whole thing is like touring on your motorcycle. We It's kind of like that niche corner of motorcycling, the people that cross state lines and go camping on their bikes. Yeah. Mine's American-based, and hers is European-based. I mean, we're not excluding anyone from the world, but, you know, as we founded it, I, you know, I attracted more American members, and she attracted more European members. Okay. And so she, I met her in January, and she ended up going to Alcatraz with me. We did the train through San Jose to San Francisco, and then she celebrated my birthday with me in February. And she's like, you come to Romania, I give you a motorcycle. And I'm like, hmm, yeah, okay, come to Romania then. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? She's, so, at a, she's at a tour company called Romanian Motorcycle Tours, so she's got a horde of BMWs that she rents out and then, oh, wow. you know, her own collection of personal bikes. Now, you're going to go over there, and you're going to be there for 11 weeks, and what mm-hmm. other countries are you going to hit while you're there? Or is it just going to be Romania? Um, so long as she's fine with it, which I'm pretty sure she will be, because um, most people, I, I, was, I didn't know, I don't know any, much about the regulations, but I'm pretty sure people rent her bikes and take them to other countries, so so mm-hmm. long as there's no legality issues. Right. Um, I'm going to do Romania, and then all the way west to the italian alps i want to do the italian alps austrian alps the carpathians i want to go through greece macedonia albania i may hit germany i don't know it's kind of expensive there but pretty much south of turkey and then romania over to austria that's going to be like my area there bosnia wow what's that pass in italy you're going to hit that um, I think I know what you're talking about. Maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna, probably going to try. I'll probably end up doing it and not even realize I did it and be like, oh, yeah, I did that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just look at the map, and if it's curvy, I go ride it. Stel- I don't even care Why what do the I name say is. Stelvio? That doesn't sound right. That sound, that, no, that sounds right. I, that's, I've heard that name. Uh, Stelvio Pass. Yeah, that's it. Stelvio Pass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. You, so you are going to hit that. You're going to try? 
yeah, I guess so. I've got some, I got a couple things saved, some waterfalls and lakes that I, I've seen people post pictures of that I, you know, just put on my want to go on yeah. Google. And I'll hit those. I'll do the Carpathians. The There's two big roads, the Transfargan. I'm probably saying that horribly. Uh, but it works for me. I like it. Transfar- yeah. Transfargan. Yeah. That one Why not? In, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But I'm going to hit all those good things. She, she's got the down low and, and all the good roads, so I'll just listen to her. So now you're just amassing funds right now to fund that trip. Um, I had it saved up already. Oh, wow. Good for you. So when I got in my wreck in December, a bunch of people, it happened right before Christmas. And a lot of people sent me a couple bucks and I was able to hold on to that money through the surgery and whatnot. Yeah. I did some work before that. I was working before that and then I have no work since, but yeah, I got enough to do Romania and I'll come back and I'm going to work and we'll start out doing the States next year and then head down into Central America as it gets colder up here. Really? So what's the plan for Central America? And so you got to, well, you're going to try to do South America. I still want to do South America. The whole thing was I wanted to do North America to South America, but yeah. um, it'll depend on how the money situation is. More than likely we'll run out of funds by the time we hit like Panama and have to come back and then either plan to fly to South America and buy a bike there and maybe ride it back or, you know, start up again and, and go all the way down. Wow. Maybe go to Alaska and then go all the way down in 2021 or well, so. Well, you know, Charlie Borman and Ewan McGregor are going to be doing from the south all the way up north. Yeah. And then yeah, some guys that I interviewed not too long ago, they went from uh, Alaska down to the southern tip. A lot of guys do that. Yeah. So you yeah, you're gonna get, you're gonna be in, in good company if you do that. You're gonna get a oh, different yeah. you're gonna get a different bike for that trip though. No, I'm taking the DR350. Are you really you gonna stick it out? Are you? Well, I mean, the Central and South America and Southeast Asia, they all, a 250 is a large bike, so you get a lot of support for the 150s to the 250s. Um, parts are everywhere. The mechanics know how to work on them. You've got bikes laying around that you can ravage off of. They're simple to work on. So I try to find something that I'll be able to find parts for. And then the 350 is still a little large, but shouldn't have a problem because it's been in the market. It's been made for 30 years. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Hey, tell us a little bit about Bunk a Biker Worldwide. Okay, so Kajetal Leistad started it in 2016, a couple months after I got on the road, actually. And he's Norwegian. So he started it in Norway, and then people spoke up and wanted to start it in different countries. And, you know, they started those up. Well, they all got started up in late 16, early 17, and then just went stagnant. And I ended up, I had a friend named Chris from Austria. He asked me, hey, do you want to help with the North America, or the, the U.S. page? And I said, yes. Well, Z-Maps was our big thing, is that we needed to have a map that people could pin themselves. Right. Well, they went from being free to premium. And I'm like, I'm poor, I can't afford this, so I let it go stagnant, too. Well, a couple of months ago, while I was, you know, surgery and, and you know, couldn't do much, I could be on Facebook all day if I wanted to. I was like, hey, um, I've got a little bit of following, a little pull, some social media recognition, you know, name name recognition. I'd love to take over Bunker Biker and help manage it because this is something that I truly am passionate about. You know, bikers helping bikers, you know, gives you a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. And uh, so I just decided to start organizing it, connecting them up, getting the map started, you know, advertising it. I think we're like five, about 500 pins right now. Oh, yeah, really? Across nice. the world. Yeah, Norway is it's got a lot of pins in the U.S. and Canada have a lot of pins, and I think Australia's got some. Some of the, a lot of the other countries not really much, but I'd love to get more. It's just language barriers, yeah, and I don't speak yeah. anything. I'd love to get more in Africa and Central and South America, but I, I have to find someone that can help me, you know, connect with local riders. Right. No kidding. That's pretty cool. 
That's really so I, I manage that one, and then I founded MMV, which is 12,000 members, and that's just a community where I support. I hate elitism. Uh, I don't think you need to be rich to travel, and I don't think you need to be on any specific bike to travel. I just believe that you need to love your bike, because when you have problems with your bike, you better love it, or you're going to push it off the cliff. <laughs> this is true. And then times get hard. Yeah, if you're over here like, I hate this bike in the first place, and then the, the chain snaps, you're going to be like, oh, fuck this piece of shit, and push it off the cliff. <laughs> but if you love your bike, you're like, ah... Oh, I really hate you right now, but I really love you, so we're going to fix you and get, get, get rolling again. Well, you know, so, it's, a, it's a passion, and so you're going to have to follow through with it, and that's just the way it Even works. the most, you know, quote-unquote best touring bike, still, if you don't love it, you're not going to enjoy riding it. Right, exactly. exactly. So you pick a bike you love, be willing to fix it, know what you need to do for it, and pack up some stuff and go. Like, I just really believe that it shouldn't be a premium thing to travel the world because it's such a great experience to travel and you know, build confidence in yourself and faith in humanity is restored when you have strangers doing cool stuff for you all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got such a following on social media now, it's, it's getting hard to where I can even camp. Everyone's like, hey, come over. You know, I got beer and tacos. And I'm like, oh, they know my weakness. <laughs> <laughs> beer and tacos and you'll do anything. Oh, um, I'd be like, yeah, I'll be there in three hours. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so you got the bunker biker uh, worldwide thing. So this is this basically just helps people find a place to crash while they're traveling, right? Yeah, it's just bikers offering up their place to traveling bikers, and there's been some great reviews. We have a couple problems, and I, you know, I tell people if you ever ever have any issues, I'll make sure and to deal with them because it is, it's um, personal based. Like I don't vet these people. You know, people post their their houses up, and it's up to you to stay safe. So if you're hosting. You know, don't put your address down. Just put your town and your cell phone number and tell them to call you. You can go meet them for lunch before you take them home. Mm-hmm. You know, just just you know, listen to your instincts and, and make sure. I mean, for the most part, bikers are great people, you know. And if they're traveling, they, they're, they tend to be a little bit more respectful and down to earth and yeah. trustworthy. Wow. That, that's pretty neat. I think that's pretty cool. Now, and you also have uh, Z-Maps. I saw yes. that. So I, so I started Patreon for MMV. I was like, hey, guys, you know, I do a lot for MMV. I spend a lot of time on here. I've always got topics for you guys to talk about. You know, I'm always here to help. If you love the group, if you could just sign up for Patreon for a buck a month, you know, it'll come out without you even having to do anything. And, you know, I can use the money towards the group. So I got enough people signed up for Patreon to pay for Z-Maps for MMV. So then I was able to, to use the same subscription to pay for Bunker Biker and get the map going there. So I'm able to host it and take care of it. So you got a lot going on here, Roy. That just, just keeps you busy. Now you have a, it does. It does. I bet. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I I know. I manage a couple of websites myself, and it's it's it, it it's seems a lot like of work. It, it is a lot of work because you have to maintain. It's, uh, it's going to be a labor of passion too, because you know when when people are getting into a fight, you gotta you gotta be diplomatic and stay the line, and you gotta be available to deal with problems. I got a really good mod team. They don't get paid nothing. I'm surprised they're still here, but I got great mod teams that can help me with both the groups. Yeah, all the you, groups. You know that, that it's just uh, even if you're not getting paid for it, it's just like I said, it's it's a it's a uh, what do you, what, what's the word? A labor use? of love. Yeah, a labor of love. Exactly. Like doing a podcast, you don't get paid for that. So it's yeah, but it's so much fun. And, it is fun. And right. it's something you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Now also, I would want to start one myself. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? It's a lot of work. Yeah, I wanted to do one with my. Fr- I got two friends, Mike and AJ. They both live off their bikes too, and we're we're all three big drinkers. And we just came up with an idea one day just to be like the drunkest fuck podcast and just start <laughs> drinking and and have our motorcycle <laughs> stories be like the fishing stories. Yeah, 
Like the bikes get smaller or bigger and the miles get larger and larger, the more drunk we get. And then we just start talking shit the whole time about like one's a BMW rider, one's a Harley rider, and I'm a, I'm the Jap rider. So we well, just, you know, you, you can, that was our idea. You can do it. You can do it. You just have to be, have the ability to upload what you do and pay for your monthly hosting. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And if you're going to have a website, too, it for that. I've but, already got the website. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See? Got that paid off for like two years. Yeah, there you go. Now, uh, tell us about your ebooks that you have. Um, they're horrible. No, they're not that bad. Um, <laughs> they're kind of old. Honesty is the I, best I policy, some, right? <laughs> yeah. One of them's a collection of short stories. You know, I'm practicing my writing and it's getting better and better. Eventually I intend to sit down and do a long narrative of my, of my travels. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's a one with like seven short stories, you know, the time that a guy I was traveling with got cops called on us and then, you know, just a really good campsite story. And then the other one was a, is a cookbook. So motorcycle friendly recipes you know things that are easy to carry in the bike aren't gonna go bad and uh don't get crushed right okay so a couple of different like pasta recipes some stew recipes how to reconstitute beef jerky into a meal people do um, that yeah if you boil beef jerky it, it gets all big and fluffy again and it's great still really? tastes good and you get rid of a lot of sodium if you actually boil it hmm do you ever make your own beef jerky no I'd oh like to one day. it's great Oh my god! I, I'd probably get fat somehow. No, it's 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 really good because then you can make it any way you want. Because that's what I do. Oh, I bet. I yeah. bet it's great. Oh my god, I love it. But uh, <laughs> so now, so now your daily journal. I expected this to be more like a blog, and it's it's kind of vacant. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I haven't been. It's. I'm going to start it for Romania. I'm going to do a lot more hosting on the website as I do other countries, and I'm not going to have cell phone reception. It'd be easier for me to upload seven days worth of writing and photos. Then just to like spam everyone on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> so the journal, will, will, I'll start getting that going as I get to Romania and I'll talk about, you know, all the struggles and the whatnots that I go through. People love, the people who do love following me love me because I, I'm pretty real about my travels. I'm over here like, yeah, I got poison ivy and scraped my shins off for three weeks before I realized it was poison ivy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, now, and they're it, like, oh, yeah. Well, your articles, now, they pretty much read like a blog and they're all very yeah. interesting. You should Thank just ma- maintain that and just add to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I want to do some more. I, I'm pretty passionate about, um, I'm going to write one about uh, the different communities in the motorcycle world. You know, you got the track guys and the off-road guys and the street guys, you know, and I, I want to write more articles of, towards, you know, we should be more of a community and stop hating each other because we choose to do it a different way. This is true. You're absolutely right. Uh, that's something I'm very passionate about, you know, when the, the big wreck in New Hampshire happened is just the amount of people that were blaming their riders and saying they should have been wearing helmets and the Harley this and club this. And I'm just like, guys, stop victim blaming. Like these are our people. This is our community. You should have more passion for them. Yeah, exactly. It They're dead. <laughs> and they left families behind. Like yeah. have a little bit of compassion, you know? Exactly. Wow. So, uh, you're off to, uh, Romania at any, at any point. Do you think that you're going to stop this? Um, one day I'd love to have a piece of land somewhere in Central or South America, some tree houses and do like a hostel type thing. But not until I've gotten another, at least another decade. I've planned to do South Africa. I've got a friend in Australia, Australia that has a bike for me when I get there. Um, I'd like to bicycle Romania, do Mongolia, Southeast Asia, uh, of course, Europe, uh, Central and South America. Those are the big ones that I've got in the next like five years or so. What about a, a, just a complete around the world thing? Um, I don't think I ever want to stop long enough to work that long to save up for the whole thing. It's easier for me to, to work three to six months and then travel 
six to 12 months yeah. than to work for a whole year long. I just, I don't do the whole well, <laughs> settling down thing very well not, anymore. Not for reckless. anything. Well, not for anything. Uh, a couple of people I have interviewed over, over time, they do, uh, they'll ride and they'll work along the way. Yeah, you know? it's possible I could do that. Uh, I'd like to get profitable one day for the travels, you know, maybe one day some uh, motorcycle production will pick me up as a rider and pay me for some articles. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got the Patreon going uh, for myself. I'm going to start one for Bunker Biker and for MMV, you know, and I got yeah. products that I make uh, for MMV, like stickers and patches. Okay. So I, just, I need to get a couple more designs out. I've got some ideas. I just need some help digitizing them. I want to make products for Bunker Biker and MMV and sell those. I make, I make a little bit of money on that. I do calendars at the end of the year. Wow. From user submitted photos, make a little money on that. So I make a little money here and there on different things. I'll do yard work for people when I stop. Yeah. And if I hear any any money opportunities, I'll, I'll jump all over it. You know, I wash I'll wash bikes. I'll do yard work. You know, clean a house. Doesn't matter. Do you have any ultimate destination that you definitely want to go to? Um, I'm really interested in the mountains in South America, the Andes. Oh, really? Yeah, they they look so amazing. I'm a big mountain person, and I I cannot wait to get down there. That and there's some waterfalls down there that just look superb. Those mountains aren't very friendly. I understand. No, I'm pretty sure they're going to try to kill me, just like all the rest of them do. <laughs> I'm going to love them even more for it. <laughs> what about Iceland? Uh, yeah, I'm going to do Iceland. You um, are. When are you going to do that? Maybe next year. That's awesome. Uh, Iceland or, is fantastic. I've been. I spent two years there. Let me. Not tell next you. year. It'll be the year after. Next year is the Eastern U.S. and Central America. So the year after, it's okay. just going to be three months. I'm going to do uh, during the summer. I want to bicycle it since it's so expensive to rent mm. a motorcycle. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you better be well, going like, in. Uh, I'm going to do July, June, July, August. Probably. Yeah, yeah, because that that's that's you're going to have nothing but daylight during that time of, uh, of the year, and yeah. the temperatures will be. Uh, on the high side, you might hit sixty degrees. Might. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're but low. if you're bicycling, you're working out. This so. is true. This is true. You'll be, you know, you'll get some exercise. Um, it's I'm not going to prep for it at all either. I'm just going to go there. Really? With either like a carry-on bicycle or buy one there and just go. Well, let me, well, <laughs> well, let me tell you. When you get to the most northern regions, you're going to be going to be in the Arctic Circle. That'd be awesome. And make sure you go in a counterclockwise direction. Counterclockwise? Well, well, why, why, why that? Well, actually, no, no, probably clockwise would be better because. Uh, the winds are very prevalent there, mm. especially in the southwest. So you got to decide, do you want the wind pushing you north or do you want to be riding into it coming back down along the bottom coast? So you got to think I'll, I'll keep that. that in mind. Yeah, keep that in <laughs> mind. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it, it'll just be, uh, I'll just bicycle it. 90 days, 120 miles around that one road that does the whole island. Yeah. It'll be an interesting adventure. Because I did a backpack adventure last year in the Philippines. I did 28 days just with a carry-on. Wow. Look at you. How about, what no, about, what about Cuba? Adventure. You going to hit Cuba? Yeah, maybe one day. I, I want to do, in a couple of years, go down to Miami, pick up some, go go hit up all the full-time boaters and see if someone wants to, you know, take me on for a couple months and go see the, the Caribbeans and the, the islands and stuff. That'll be a venture down the road. Wow. I'll tell you what, if you ever get the chance, uh, go to Bermuda. You can't, you can rent there and ride around, mm-hmm. but you can do the whole island in a day. <laughs> Ooh. But it's beautiful. It'd be fun. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, One day I'll get to Hawaii, too. Oh, that would be so nice. And just go right around out there. That'd be great. 
Yeah, I'll probably when I do Hawaii, I'll probably stay for three months and buy a little scooter and do the Big Island. You know, you go, go go hiking, go do the mountains and stuff. Wow, what a plan! Sell it when I'm done. Yeah. So, how can people learn more about you and the um, whole Z Traveler thing? Yeah, Z E E Traveler and Facebook. You can friend me, follow me. Um, I've got the MMV group, uh, Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds, Bunker Biker. They're all on Facebook. I got a website, ztraveler.com, and I've got all the links to the groups on that as well. I need to do more work on that website. It's so much, such a pain in the ass, honestly. <laughs> well, again, it's a labor of love, right? It is. I got to write that about me. I've got the the whole history of broken family and how I've overcome that. And so one of these days, I'm going to figure out the best way to sum that up without. I don't want sympathy or pity over. I just I just want people to know, like even if you hit the lows, there are highs out there. All you gotta do is reach for them. That's right. What you need to do next is a book. Yeah, I want to do a book. I am. Um, and then you then you start working on it. And then you do well. Start working on it. Well, you've already got some stuff up there that you could use. But do the book, turn it into an audio book, and you'll do good. Yeah, I thought about doing. A, I'd love to start. I don't know. If I need to do it as a podcast, but I thought about doing my stories uh, audio and have people listen to them that way. So for the people who don't like to read, I don't know if I have a nice enough voice to be telling my stories. You're but. fine. It's you're <laughs> fine. Don't worry about it. You're fine. <laughs> you could, you could. And, you know, there is a, a couple podcasts out there. Uh, uh, There's one guy, and I can't remember his name, but he does a a podcast of his worldwide travel that he does on a motorcycle. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link to that when I find it. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it is. I'll find, cool. I'll find ways to, to get people interested, and I know the book would be a great thing to, to do some some money making. I'd probably do it as an ebook, personally. Okay. In, until I was able to stop and print, but. Yeah. Well, unless you, if you do, you can do self publishing, and that would be that would work out for you too. I do have a t shirt deal in the works too. Do you? Once really? I get my, I do. I've got a friend in Kansas who has a t shirt company, and she said, you know, we made a deal out. She gets, she needs so much per shirt, and then I can charge whatever I want on top of that and she'll mail them or she'll make them and mail them out for me and I never have to touch the product and she'll just PayPal me the money. Wow. I just need to get the designs down. I got the designs in my head and I can draw them, but I'm not very good with doing the paper to the computer problem. So I need to find some help from that. But all right. (laughs) Any closing words or advice to riders who would like to get involved in an adventure like you're taking part in? Um, I mean, I'm always here. If if I can help anyone, I'm more than happy to talk to you about the ins and outs. But otherwise, you know, have a dream and go for it and never stop dreaming because once you accomplish one, you got to have another one to go for. It's really not as hard as you think, and people are really a lot better than you see in the media. This is very, very, very true. So set a goal and go for it, right? And people are great, too. I've had so much help on the road. You know, I've been covered in my leathers in Delaware at a, t- a Taco Bell, just shivering my ass off, and some lady comes up and, "That's your bike? Yeah, that's really cool. You you traveling on it? I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't be up here in, in, in November, that's for sure." And she's like, "Oh well, here's fifty bucks." And I'm like, "Man, this is awesome." That's nice. Wow. I had had a blown tire in Big Bend, Texas. I was in the national park. My tire got down to the wire, and I was stupid and didn't check it before I got to the most remote place in the country. And I uh, got on Facebook, and and a woman that follows me, she's like, "Oh, I got a friend in Terlingua. He'll come get you." Came to pick me up, loaded my bike myself up, took me to his house. Another, uh, you know, Bonnie and I forget her husband's name, Glavis, the BMW people. Okay, no, I can't say. You I know, know her? No. Well, Vaughn, it's it's V O N I Glavis, and then I always forget her husband's name, but they had a uh, tire there that fit my bike, and they gave it to us. And the guy who picked me up put it on and took me to dinner. And let me stay the night, and I was on my way. He didn't want a dollar for it, but wow, great people. I try to I try to 
one day I'd like to do the same for people when I'm settled down, you know. That's nice. Pay it back. Wow, see, people people can be great, you know. You just oh, can't, yeah. can't believe everything you hear about, right? You know, you travel the, the remote areas. People are country folks and outdoor folks, and they're always just so friendly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Z, I want to thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast and telling us your story and where you're headed and what's up. And uh, I will post all of your links on the Motorcycle Men website. And I appreciate hopefully you'll get some more help, all right? Well, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Hopefully I get to talk to you after Romania. I'll tell you how that That'd be was. great. Yes, I'd like to hear about that. We'll definitely have you back on. You can tell us all about that. Well, hopefully I have some great adventures that are going to probably suck really bad while I'm having them, but we'll make great <laughs> stories. <laughs> they're, all, they're always a great story, and it's always a great adventure. Memories, that's what they are. Adven- right? Adventure sucks while you're having it. That's right. <laughs> exactly. All right, Z, well, thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much, too, Ted. It was great talking to you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining me and Z Traveler here on episode 208. Uh, Don't forget to go to her website at ztraveler.com. You can learn more there and you can check out everything that she's doing. Read her e-books and articles and send her a note if you want to. Okay, that's ztraveler.com. All right, and don't forget to check out all of our fellow podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, vloggers, whose links you will find on the links page. All these media outlets and many more do great things to promote and encourage our sport and our passion. Alright, so make sure you do that. So, from Timbuktu, Chris the Joker, Justin Shoes, and me, Ted Longway, your host. Thanks for listening to the Motorcycle Men Podcast, where we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Enjoy your ride, kids. <laughs>